and welcome to the Go Social Podcast with Josh Hightower. Go Social is a relaxed and unedited conversation with marketing expert Josh Hightower. Josh is an author and the owner of multiple businesses, including Go Social Experts. Josh can help you create a thriving business using the wisdom, strategies, and experience he's gained through the years. Prepare yourself to enjoy the next few minutes as we chat with online marketing expert and business growth strategist, Josh Hightower. Hey, good afternoon, Josh. How are you, sir? Hey, Michael. I'm great. How about yourself? I am really, really well. Super stoked about uh, talking with you today. Uh, last, last, really the last two or three episodes, Josh, have been epic. I mean, honestly, I, we use that word so many times. It's epic, but they're really good. Yep. We talked about productivity hacks. We talked about how to document processes to equip your team. Last time you had this power stages in your business, and we really talked around that. And today we're going to talk about really in how to empower your team and the importance of having a team because uh, one one of the books i read early early on was the um um michael gerber's emeth emeth yeah sure E-Myth, right mm-hmm. and if you haven't read that you you need to go read that because that's that's where we are we we are really good at building websites for a company so we go out and start a company building websites and you just now learn that well now you're a marketer and a you know you're everything what is that email? Let's talk today about empowering your team. What have you learned, Josh, about having a team, the importance of having one, two people around you? And then how do you go about equipping them and empowering them to take things off your plate so that you can stay focused on what you do best? Yeah, that's a good one. And the e-myth is a great resource. I think uh, that's probably required reading at some point for all business owners. Uh, I would think so. Going from you know, working in your business to on your business. Uh, and I did hear a, a a next version of that. And that's really what led me to uh, change my thinking. We can talk about this on a future episode was working not in your business, not on your business, but above your business. And uh, that's Roland Frazier. And I uh, got that from him. And it's really a genius concept. So. Um, it's taking one step removed of working on your business. You're still at that CEO level, but if you work above the business, you just look at things different. So now you're any business that you invest in or buy becomes a product of your service or a product of your offer suite. So it's a genius concept and uh, we can dive into that in a future episode, but we'll talk about empowering uh, staff. I think, as a business owner, you reach a capacity problem of your own time. And at some point you just burn out. Um, I don't care how much or what kind of productivity hacks you do. You just reach a, a threshold and uh, it's, it's unavoidable. Um, but what you have to really wrap your head around is become a better manager of people of those tasks now you help guide them with the tasks, but you become a manager of people. And uh, the more you can do that, the better. And there's a good book. It was, uh, I think it's the power of who, and it yeah. was, it was not necessarily asking, you know, how do I, how do I accomplish this task and go through the tactician part of it, the tactical part of it, but who can I talk to or who can I bring on board as part of my team to help solve this problem? And you mentioned that, I think on a recent episode where it was like a lot of times 
they will do it better than us, despite our belief system of right. nobody can do it better than I, um, which is the biggest fallacy, right? Uh, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, some people absolutely love to do the tasks that you and I probably don't do so good at and don't enjoy doing. There are people out there that love doing it. And it's a matter of finding those people, uh, indoctrinating them to our belief systems and then letting them uh, excel at their what they're good at, what they enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and really, it's interesting. I never, never really thought about it until you just said that it's it. It could be termed it's selfish to do it all yourself because there are people who are better at um, things than me. And I get to empower them and let them thrive and do what God's created them to do. It would be selfish of me to say, no, I'm going to do it myself. That's it. I never thought about it as in that in those terms. But you really do equip people and, and let them grow because they don't want to be the business owner. Nope. Why Otherwise, do I want it would to already be? be. Why do yeah. I want to be the copywriter? <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Uh, and most people, I think, and this was, and it's still always, always a work in progress, right? It's never oh, yeah. done. But uh, instead of focusing on people's uh, weaknesses and really trying to improve their weaknesses, just let people play in their strengths. And, uh, and that goes for us too, you know, myself included, like there's some stuff that I'm, I'm just not particularly good at. So I play in my strengths, but I surround myself with people that are good at the stuff that I either don't enjoy doing or I'm not particularly good at. And, uh, cause that's the stuff that we tend to procrastinate. It's on our brain dump list. I'm going to get to it eventually, but it never happens as quick. So having those people in place to bridge that gap, I think is critical to the growth of any business you can only go so far without that team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's uh, Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. Hmm. He talks about your unique ability and then surrounding, building a unique ability team, putting people around you who are, have unique abilities in certain areas. And, and that's how he's really helped lots of people build great businesses. And what it does, is it brings the, the owner, the person in the center, more time freedom, more hmm. financial freedom. Because I, I learned this from one of my mastermind groups, Josh, is, when you hire people properly, it doesn't cost you money. It actually makes you money because they're going to make you more productive. It was a radical concept. It was like, what? Yep. Hard to, it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around, particularly when you're just getting started. You, yeah. It's really hard. To, but gosh, you know, what is that time threshold within six months? Probably. I mean, you know, think back of whenever you started your businesses and, and so did I, it didn't take very long to realize I need to build a team and yeah. uh, to, cause this is, it, I mean, for lack of a better word, it can be pretty miserable if it's just you oh. and you have all these tasks and, and uh, all these uh, uh, open items that you have to continue to get, get done. Um, it's, it's overwhelming. And that's what leads to the burnout. And I think probably, probably what leads to small business failure at such a high rate within the first 12 months, 18 months, you know, it's significant of how quickly businesses fail. And I think it's because the business owner never actually evolves, never actually reads the e-myth, right? They never evolve into becoming a business owner and a manager of people. They stay in that tactician. um, I'm going to be the doer of this stuff instead of the manager of the stuff. That's right. Yeah, that that is so key because, uh, yeah, I mean, we can only do so many. There are only so many hours a day. And when you're doing everything, you have that decision fatigue, you wear out and you realize that what you've done is you have a high paying job. But I term it, you're probably in prison. 
a job that you hate because you and I have certain things we love it. We thrive at, right? I'm only good at four things, Josh, really only four things. Anything outside of one of these four things, I'm mediocre and it drains my energy. So I do everything I can to make sure I stay within my four things in all areas of my life. I, I live my dream every day because I do that. It's taken me a long time to get here, but it was a mindset shift first. Yep. And then how do I make that happen? And and knocking my knee, scared to death to hire that first person to go, <gasps> but realize, <laughs> wow, that, that actually worked. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's being aware that your core competency, the four things that you're really good at, um, we don't start there. There's no book. There's no like class in school. There's nothing that really says, Hey, how do you identify what your four things are? Right. But they're different than mine. But exactly. having that awareness of, hey, I, I really need to, I need to narrow my list of things that I'm really good at. And that leads into the conversation of, now I have to hire a team to do everything else. Yeah. It goes back to that brain dump of here's all the tasks that have to get done in this business. Somebody has to do them at some point. And um, I think having that team and empowering the team to do all the things we've talked about in recent episodes where you're using Loom to record those tutorials, those videos. Uh, I think we talked about before having a, a membership site, even for your internal team built out to, Hey, here's, here's how we do things here. And here are the steps that you need to, here's how you're a successful team member. Um, how do you onboard them? Um, but now that takes the list of stuff by exclusion. Here are the four things that I do really well. Yep. Everything else is yours or the right. team, right? That's and right. Uh, so, yep, I think that's critical to success. And many times the team, if you get the right team members, they're going to say, great, we got it. Stop uh -huh. bothering us. Yep. <laughs> yes. We're going to make this thing sing because that's what we do best. Mm -hmm. This is in our four areas, right? And it, it really does work. And, and I find, Josh, most people, they want to be part of a team, Rare is the day do I find somebody who's a lone ranger, put me in my basement and let me work. No, mm -hmm. we want to be a team and I'll be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And that's where you build the culture and the onboarding and all that. And, and they could be physical team members, like you've got a gym, so you got physical. Uh, my employees are scattered across the United States, but we have a culture in our company that they love being part of what we're doing and who we are. And it, it builds into their life and they do stuff that I don't want to do. Right. My clients call me and say, well, tell me about this. And I was like, I'm going to defer you to Josh because yep. that's his area and he'll give you a much better answer and serve you so much yep. better. Yep. And they, the client appreciates that too. Right. Sure. Yeah. That transparency. And uh, absolutely. Um, but, but having the, having your own, I think wherewithal to, to know that and be aware that okay. you do, it's okay for you to, to give it to somebody else and not be that have all the answers. And uh, because then it goes back to your point about being selfish, right? You're yeah. taking away the other person, your team member's ability to thrive and, you know, um, be recognized by the customers. Hey, this, this person really took care of me. And, right. uh, and their, their name wasn't Michael and their name wasn't Josh. That's, That's even right. better. That's great totally. news for us. Right. It totally is. Yeah. And then I get, get it. Cause I get that from, uh, from clients about writers and things. And, mm -hmm. and I'll take that and I will send that to the writer and say, Hey, by the way, I just talked with Josh and he loves working with you. Right. 
man, I get emails back from my writers. They're so giddy because they don't get that affirmation, those attaboys. And it's like, oh, this is so much fun to help people grow. You know, the, the light bulb really came on to me um, a while back. I was thinking for some weird reason of how business owners do things all themselves, right? And, and not hiring people. And I thought, what about Steve Jobs, right? When he was around running Apple, how much did he do at Apple to create iPhones and computers and things? Not much. Right. He spent most of his time thinking and building relationships and partnering. He had people doing everything else to give us these wonderful products. And it's like, oh, we look at these, you know, Tesla, look at that, whatever his name is, right? Yeah, he's not, he's at a different, he's equipped and empowered people to execute on a vision he has. And that's what business owners need to be. We are visionaries, most of us. We have this idea. Let's bring people around us to help execute that. It could be one. I talked to a really successful um, financial advisor. Been doing it about 30 years. He's like, yeah, it's me and two people. I've, I, I, I used to have 20 people. We've brought it down to two. And it works really well. And so the number is irrelevant. It's what are you trying to make happen? And how do you, how do, you do that? How do you get to the result? How do you fulfill on what you promised? And yeah. uh, that's different for every business, but each business eventually has to identify what those things are. And, and in a previous episode, we talked about power stages and the power stages we identified were always on the pre-sale side, but there are power stages also on the fulfillment side too. So when you, when somebody hires you to do work for them, you have certain critical components critical steps that they have to go through of also known as onboarding. Right. Yep. But that onboarding process is a critical power stage where it's like, great, somebody just gave us money. Now what? Yeah. And that's really the best question is you're identifying what those power stages are. You ask what happens next. And mm. we, we whack the credit card, we take their money, they become a client or customer then what happens? And now that fulfillment, that onboarding, now there are sub-stages of that onboarding, but the fulfillment of an, a new client can absolutely be a power stage and also contain additional power stages. I love that. What happens next? We're, we're on to a whole episode around that one question mm -hmm. because, wow, that opens up ideas and conversations and saying, oh, well, this is what happens next. Okay, do we have processes there? What happens next? What? I love mm -hmm. that. What happens yep. next? Yep. Okay. Because a lot of times we just, in our minds, we've done it so often, we automatically bridge that gap. But when we, we collaborate with our team members and, and, you know, talk, talk it out or whiteboard it out, yeah. then we realize, oh, there's a big gap that oh, we didn't even think about. Yeah. All this stuff happens just kind of naturally or automatically, but there are critical components. Like now you're reselling them on the idea of, hey, you made a good decision about hiring me. So the sales process now just begins after they paid you to retain them as a customer and not only be a customer, but how to be a great customer. Here's how we do things here. You know, we, we want you to follow our coaching program. We want you to do the things that we asked you to do. And if we earn the right, refer people. Absolutely. And, uh, so um, it, it does work both sides on the power stages, but you can't do that in my opinion, without building a team and, and not just any team, but an effective team and communicating as the visionary, here's what we do here. And then sharing the responsibility and the, the, the rewards and also the criticism sometimes Absolutely. Uh, of what we do. Wow. Okay. Once again, man, you opened up uh, all kinds of Pandora's boxes. You put some, some gems in there. That's why people need to go back and listen to this again. Um, 
or just uh, take the shortcut and call Josh. <laughs> Reach out to him at, at gosocialextras.com because you can obviously hear by just listening to this, he knows a lot about business and growing a business. Online marketing is one component of that, but it's 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 malpractice for him to say, yeah, let's run a Facebook ad without understanding your power stages and are you equipped for that, for the success? Because that could kill you if you got too much. How are you... How are you um, crafting your entire process. And that's where Josh is really brilliant and has lots of resources for you. So reach out to Josh at gosocialexperts.com. See what he's got available there. Schedule a time to talk with him. See how he can help you, not just with online marketing, um, because he can definitely help you there, but just with business in general and thinking and uh, growing and connecting with other people and um, putting you in a place where you can really understand the importance of hiring the right people, the building the the team, onboarding them properly to serve more clients make more money and enjoy life more that's what josh helps people do so reach out to him josh hightower josh at uh, gosocialexperts.com always always a joy to be with you my friend thanks michael much appreciated social media marketing should be part of your overall business growth plan josh hightower can help you leverage the power of online marketing without wasting your time or money on hit or miss tactics Learn more about how Josh and his team can help you by reaching out to them at gosocialexperts.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so each new episode will be sent to you automatically when it's released. Thanks for listening to the Go Social Podcast with Josh Hightower.